Hey, it's the Fanboy Planet Podcast on Wednesday, September 28th, 2006. This is Derek McCaw, the editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com, with uh, Lon Lopez, coming in once again as sound engineer and color commentator yes. here from MoronLife.com. It is a hard job. It is. We are broadcasting from FanboyPlanet.comics, the fabulous comic book shop located at 2725 El Camino Real, Suite 105, in Santa Clara, California. Phone number 408-985-7481. That's 408-985-7481. Occasionally coming in here is Steve Clammyhan Simonetti, who is the uh, I don't manager. Oh, he's coming yeah. to touch him. Not oh, happy. on the face. I'm not happy. On no, the face. no, very far from Clammy. Anyway, uh, Steve will be coming in with bone mows like that uh, from time to time. Oh my comics. Okay, so, but it was worth it. So, uh. <laughs> Just to be touched by Steve Simonetti. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to be touched by Steve Simonetti, please write in at editor at fanboyplanet.com or stop by the message boards and. Or just come by it. the shop. Come by the shop. There we go. That's, of course, the greatest thing. Uh, only costs $5. We're, uh, we're planning a, a great party in December that, uh, you want to be at. So, oh, I said it. Let's begin, really, with a serious topic, which, of course, is the Civil War. Oh, jeez. Again with the Civil War, but yes. Well, last week we talked about it, and you had not read it. And uh, then after that, you emailed me late at night and said, I wish I'd read it before the broadcast so I could say... I, um... Yeah, I think I'm done. I think I'm done with the Civil War. Um, After reading issue four... I don't, I don't know if I should go into spoilers. We have a lot of customers here, but... Uh, it was a week ago. It's okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, is that's the best they can do? Making us wait a month uh, for for a new issue to come? Was it, was it a month or like, what, close to three weeks? Uh, yeah, it wasn't as bad as I was afraid it was going to be, but yeah. Yeah, at least. Um, yeah, it was, first of all, you know, they leave, issue three leaves us with a nice, nice, let's say... Uh, a suitable cliffhanger, if you will. Issue three leaves us with Thor. You know, pick, Thor. looks like Thor's picked the side. Everybody's shocked, and uh, and then also this issue promised a death, a surprising, shocking death. That you know to show that this war, we mean business with this war, and um, basically uh, it, it didn't deliver uh, because essentially. Turns out, and can we reveal? Is that okay? Or, turns out that uh, it's a Thor clone, and uh, we're we're back to clones to solve our problems. Well, not only are we back to clones, but uh, but the the implication is it's something that's been planned for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Now, long before the Civil War was rolling, right. and uh, and then once you clone Thor, which by the way, uh, who by the way is a god, mm. uh, then you can pretty much clone everybody, which sort of means that anybody, well, we all know this already because it's comic books, that anybody can come back. True. And at any time, as a clone of themselves, and maybe put on a plain red costume and a pullover hoodie and call themselves the Scarlet Thunder God. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm looking forward to it. But also, at the same time, the big the big death that happened in Civil War Four was we lost Goliath. And, uh, uh, Black, Goliath. Black Goliath. Black Goliath. I think in the, in the book he was going as just Goliath. However, um, who did a big death? Who didn't see that? Yeah, literally, it was a literally big death. a big death. So big that it was like the de- the burial of Jumbo the elephant. Yes, but I want to know is who didn't see that coming? There's all the promotional uh, posters and stuff for Civil War. It had Captain America, Iron Man, Spider Man, and then in the back, 
Black Goliath. And you're like, hmm, I wonder who's not going to make it till the end of Civil War. I thought you know? the target on his chest was probably... Does uh, he have a target? Yeah, yeah, well, might as well. Figuratively uh, or whatever. <laughs> but the other thing that bothered me, too, is uh, they were all shocked when Thor, uh, clone Thor, put a, a, a lightning bolt. Chlor. Chlor. Yeah. Chlor. Put a, uh, a a lightning bolt through uh, Goliath's chest, and what I'm sitting there is, they they made the hammer. They show it later. They're working on this hammer, and I'm like, well, if they didn't want Clone Thor to kill anybody, why'd they give him a weapon that could kill somebody? You know what I'm and saying? And putting a creature in his ears, it's sort of like right out of Rapid Con. He's yeah, down there on his and side, blood streaming down. The best part, or the best slash worst part of Civil War Four is the sad panel of the Watcher. Uatu the Watcher has his own little panel in between their fighting, and he just, he, he like, sheds a tear. He he looks Crying down. like Lon Lopez. <laughs> Go <laughs> see Gridiron Gang, it's great. Anyway, <laughs> but that, but that, the You're scene... Cruel. You're a cruel man. I've accepted my fate. Either way, um, but just basically what my problem with this issue is, so much stuff they're trying to push on us. This well, I, this morality play. They're really trying to whip full swing because the Watcher thing that bothers us. You got to think about where we've seen the Watcher before. Everybody. And if and yeah, oh. I mean, but you know what? Like the major events of the Watcher is showing up at. So if the Watcher appears, this means it's a major event. We have never before seen him cry. Galactus comes to devour all of the Earth, which would mean the end of all humanity. And essentially, I think. The Watcher interfered there, got in trouble somewhat by, you know, uh, offering the ultimate nullifier. But the thing is, he didn't cry about it, he broke his vow. Alright, so, let's say the time, uh, another major one, the death of Phoenix. Certainly, a heroine whose death is far more tragic than Goliath, no matter what, sorry, uh, sorry, what buddy. colorific you give before him, uh, before that name, whatever adjective. And, uh, he didn't cry that, in fact, he kicked the X-Men out of his home, and uh, leading, therefore, to the final showdown where Phoenix, uh, where Jean Grey committed suicide for the first, but certainly not the last time. <laughs> and he didn't weep there. And it was a moment strictly designed to, like, make us, you know, just go, aww, cry, and... And you're sitting down where there's no microphone, Steve. Uh, <laughs> he moved the spot from where his microphone would be. <laughs> oh, oh, all right. Okay. And, see, and Steve's also eating boiled eggs, so probably doesn't really want to have him. The uh, <laughs> microphone's going, oh, oh boy, but those smell like... It. Plus, I wanted to come sit next to you. Right. They, they, wow. They, well, those smell like they haven't been refrigerated. Uh, so... <laughs> yeah, so those were my problems. Clone it, Thor, death of an obviously... It reminded me of that amazing Spider-Man 9-11 crossover. Uh, Crossover, that, that great Special, crossover. Yeah. Well, it was in. It, it was allegedly in continuity, uh, and it was a regular issue of Spider-Man. They just stopped the storyline so they could deal with 9/11. And um, I actually, I know I seem like a jerk, but even then I realized, you know what? This is really mawkish and maudlin uh, to have Magneto and Doctor Doom show up at the World Trade Center. The ruins. Oh, there it is. Uh, Steve has Amazing Spider-Man number thirty-six. The ruins of the World Trade Center. And two people that have tried to and take over and, and destroy and the world. And Dr. Doom and Magneto sh shed a tear over the death of, admittedly, the tragic death of well over 3,000 people. But these two are mass murderers, essentially. And, uh, you know, so it was a silly moment then, though much of the rest of the book, an honest attempt, you know, five years on, we can look back and say it was an honest attempt to try to come to grips with a grief 
that I admit we were on the West Coast. We could not begin but let's to not, know that. But let's not digress too far from it. But let's—I mean, the core of I'm what, saying that's legitimate tragedy. Sure, that's sure. What I'm saying. But you go to civil war. That's not even legitimate tragedy. It's—it's it's despite their again, despite being um, you know somewhat well written without the hype, but the hype throws it in where there are no surprises, and where sometimes I just have to go like, are you guys really? Thinking about the consequences, and it's not an alienating, um, you know, it, it, it's not, I, I know, you know, you can't worry about alienating the fans. You do have to worry about telling good stories, but you also have to, ha- also have to worry about not putting yourself in a corner that you're gonna have to somehow bring the Scarlet well, Witch out of a coma and have her alter reality in order to undo. Right. These I mean, the ramifications, I, the ramifications of this whole she's book. Here. <laughs> Spidey has a son. So think about it. The ramifications of this whole book is that, yes, you're right. They cloned a god. Yes, Reed Richards essentially is responsible for, you know, Bill, what's his, Bill Foster, Goliath's death or whatever. So, I mean, there's all these things that, I mean, granted, yeah, maybe that's the story they're trying to tell, but it's like, is it even that entertaining? And I'm not going to believe there's any marriage so strong that Sue Richards is going is going to forgive Reed eventually for being responsible for the death of one of their friends. Right, right. And that's, it's huge. So the ramifications of this whole thing and are for just... abrogating civil rights. I mean, it's just, it is a big thing. And, and I think it's almost like the concepts are so unwieldy that even Marvel wasn't prepared for... And the then just the over, overall preachiness of the whole thing, that, that scene where, I originally thought it was Goliath's wife, but I guess it was the... The lady, one of the mothers, whose one of the mothers, children had died in that. Uh, comes and talks to Tony Stark and gives us in three panels, just talks in a lot of like what you know exposition. You know, for those of you writers out there, you know, a lot of expository, you know, panels there that were just kind of unnecessary. And it just, you know, and then the whole symbolic. Oh, here's this toy just to remind you why you're doing this. It was like. Come on, I'm just... For I the know. marketing potential? Well, I guess is what it really was. I think it was just more for the cheesy potential. And how many issues are we going to have to deal with Spider-Man pondering? Oh. Do you think we're on the wrong side? <laughs> um, yeah, Pete, yeah. I kind of think you are. Wow, and then what about <laughs> Captain America's just just punk, just attitude, or it's like, I'll never uh, you know, bow down I'm, I'm going to give Joe Quesada, uh, who defended this on Newsarama a couple weeks ago, I'm going to give him... Points that I'll believe, and that now I've thought about it and think that, yeah, his, he does have the point that nobody fights dirtier and angrier, as far as verbally, than two really good friends that turn on each other. Because, sure, you know, sure. like all the very things that you've allowed to just not bother you because this is your friend suddenly come to the fore. But what about the end, though, when the, uh, the deserters or dissenters are leaving? And Cap gives that line, like, fine, let them go if their freedom doesn't mean that much to them. It was just one of those things where I was like, message? You know, it was one of those things where it was just like... It's become less about real characterization and more about sloganeering and about uh, polemics. Kind of like uh, Revenge of the Sith. No, I'm kidding. Anyways. Wow, I I almost threw up my mouth. Oh, a little bit. Great comparison. All right, moving Um, on. But, you know, uh, Marvel's trying to get uh, Civil War back on track by kneecapping 52. Ooh. And uh, what they announced today is Well, Casada is an Italian last name, isn't it? Or? I'm not oh, okay. sure. Sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, I, you know, Recapping 52. What, what pray tell are you talking about there? Editor Stephen Wacker. 
Editor Steve, I'm sorry, it's just that Steve's in that he sat down now with smelly cheddar cheese. So adding with the uh, un unrefrigerated eggs and cheddar cheese is good. I'm hungry too, but I'm going to get through this broadcast somehow, soldiering on. Well, because Steve is also the thin one of us. Uh, yes, so Stephen Wacker has been the editor of 52 and shepherded it and largely been given credit for keeping an amazing, the difficult project online, on track, and, and on time, and good, yes. yes. Um, he quit DC. What? He quit DC and is going over to Marvel. Uh, and we know the reason more. <laughs> to fix Civil War. They haven't said what books he's going to be editing, but I cannot help but think that perhaps something about Civil War is, is coming in here. Uh, and of course, Joe Casados then made the wise-ass remark that, and then we're going to announce this book called 365, and we'll have a daily book. And we're like, okay. Like, Didn't we do that joke last week? I think we made week? that joke last week, and Casada owes us royalties. Um, no, I, I definitely made that joke except, last week. Except we were honest about it and said that 365 would be, uh, you know, late after the third issue. Yeah. So uh, it would it our, become, our idea was funnier. It would come out in sometime in 2008. I'm going to start a new segment, too, on this podcast called Cup of Lawn. And uh, it's going to be where I... I don't like the sound. Oh, yeah, maybe not. Okay. <laughs> Can we think of a different title for the segment? I'm okay. Let's go. Oh, uh, yeah. The, uh, I didn't think it out. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. But anyway. uh, we got to be careful because I re have received a complaint face-to-face uh, -face from uh, Ash Saman, who uh, uh, came and uh, he was here earlier tonight, and he said, I I'm listening to your podcast, but there's too much laughter. You're waking oh, my girlfriend up. Jeez. And uh, Sorry, so Ash. Yeah, uh, so, anyway, we're going to have a good time. We're gonna <laughs> <laughs> we shall keep on rollicking. That's so for your girlfriend, on. buddy. Wasn't that cup of long? Oh, it was a cup of joe joke, wasn't it? Anyway, I, see. Yes. I get it. So anyway, we, we don't know the consequences yet of Stephen Wacker leaving... And what will the great things will Sounds be Sounds like for a whack job to me. Oh, oh, damn it. Ah, if only I'd made that joke earlier. Then he wasn't bitter towards oh, me. No. Uh, you know, and probably good things <laughs> for Marvel, because Stephen Wacker is absolutely a great editor. In an often nebulous position, people I don't think really appreciate uh, how good a good editor is. They know when there's a bad one, when they feel like they can blame, well, a story direction they didn't like. Well, it was driven by the editorial. And in the case of 52, you got to say, man, editorials has been there. driving that thing and allowing freedom and creativity and again well, 52 and now I'm not so sure what's going to happen if 52 misses a week well maybe Wacker lined it out long enough to where it can finish its I, run and I, I, I like to hope so I, you know, I, I would like to leave that and I, I hope that's true and so let's keep our fingers crossed and if you pray to whatever deities God new I gods pray, I pray to Wacker but you go um, through, um, oh, is that what you're calling it? Oh, okay. All right. But, uh, no, but Marvel needs whatever help they can get. So, yeah, and, and uh, they've done yet another interesting uh, coalition, if you will. Ooh, uh, do tell. Yes, also announced today that they, uh, it, I guess last summer it was announced that Marvel was working with Microsoft on a, um, a massively multiplayer online role-playing game. Wow. Okay. Kind of like a like Warcraft or like something City like that. of Heroes. Oh. And so the interesting news today is that uh, Marvel and Microsoft have announced uh, that they are with Cryptic Studios, dun, dun, dun. makers of 
City of Heroes. Hey, wait a second. Yes, so they're going to design the massive multiplayer online role-playing game but didn't for Marvel Comics, which, yes, yes, go ahead, Lon, say no, it. Why, didn't Marvel, like, sue Cryptid Studios? Why, yes, Lon, they did. And if you can't beat them, because they couldn't, the judge threw most of that out, of course, and I believe there were some things that were settled out of court they can't talk about. But if you can't beat them, offer them more money than God. Ah, so, uh, mentality. So, so they did. Uh, and so Cryptic is going to develop. And it's interesting because I know having, uh, I interviewed Jack Emmert, the creative director of Cryptic Studios a few years ago when Steve Heroes first came out and, uh, it's a crack really because, uh, uh, it was one of those times where my wife wondered what, what these games were all about and then she realized I may never see my husband again. <laughs> I had never gotten suckered into this. I couldn't play Evercrack or World of Warcraft or any of those things because I thought, no, I, you know, I don't really understand. As I've mentioned before, I'm a lame gamer. But you offered the chance to design your own superhero and just walk around, wander around the city, fly around the city eventually, and beat the crap out of thing, out of bad guys. I was there, and uh, so and, and Steve Simonetti here uh, had played this. Played it as well. I have not played it, but I hear spectacular. Yeah, games. and it's a really fun game. Though some people say it's kind of repetitive in its gameplay, and I'd say I, I have not really noticed that because sometimes you just want to go out and beat something in the streets. So and let me ask this from from your player from from your self and self implied lame gamer perspective. You think uh, what was the company? I'm sorry, Cryptic Studios. Yeah. Cryptic Studios. You think they can? Translate a good Marvel thing. You think well, the same say, thing? That when I sat down and interviewed Jack a couple years ago, he said, uh, "I said, well, you know, do you think that Marvel and DC are kicking themselves over this?" And he said, "Oh yeah, I, I have no doubt that they're going to sit down at uh, at, a, at their next board meeting and say, why didn't we think of this?' And they're going to want to come to me because I know how I can make their games work." And well, now he is. Mm. Now he is. Now DC is allied with Sony. They too are working. On their own, but there have been many promises that there would be, uh, a, you know, assets or uh, things from DC. We haven't seen it. We have, on the other hand, of course, seen Justice League Heroes. Mm-hmm. Uh, evidence from there, which I got to bring in, and uh, you know, because this week uh, Warner Brothers and National uh, Blast Studios gave us the rights to show the unlockable costumes. Which they give it exclusively to IGN a week ago. We talked about it, but this week they sent them over to us. So, you know, they look on. great, too. They do. We need a release date on that. Oh thing. my gosh. I, I still don't know exactly when, but everything, everything I see from When's that, that going to drop, like the kids say? I, I, you know, it says fall 2006 and all the house ads for DC. Uh, I had at one time heard October. I don't know. Uh, I know that, uh, from, from behind the scenes thing that, uh, the, uh, publicity department at Warner Brothers had originally had offered uh, that you, you you give these away in a contest starting in October, and uh, I'm waiting to hear if we will do that. And if we will, we will include information on that, of course, in this podcast. But if you don't, loyal fans. absolutely, um, and, and it's picking up. I'm seeing a lot of uh, hits on the podcast page. Uh, but you can uh, you know check this out at www.fanboyplanet.com. Certainly, if you have any comments or feedback about it, editor at fanboyplanet.com. And, uh, let's see. So, I think we're talking about, we'll see what's happening with this Marvel thing. It's be interesting. A couple of sites, uh, did get interviews with everybody. Uh, you know, I just didn't know, and it's busy during the week, during the school year. But, um, another thing that you and I, I think, had pegged, and we talked about either last week or the week before. Yes. Occult Crimes Task Force. The delicious Rosario Dawson. Yes. Yes. Uh, comic book. 
mm-hmm. from Image Comics. Announced today, Dimension Films has bought the <laughs> rights to Occult Crimes Task Force. Wow. A comic book so coming. clearly designed to sell movie rights. Um, and yeah, so Rosario gets to produce and star as the character she created and had someone draw her as in her very own now, comic Now, do you think books. the fact that she owns the title and creation and character... With a couple of other guys. She's okay. given them... Uh, she shared the rights... Uh, so with this deal, she stands fair. to make... If it's a, a decent yes. success, she yes. stands to make some decent money. And you know what? As I, as I said before, as I think that as a film, it will work much better than this plot has worked hmm. as the pacing was in this comic book. I did not... I thought everybody involved seemed very talented... It just wasn't working for me, but I thought, you know, I think it was too busy trying to showcase, if anything, storyboard a film well, for Rosario production company, and there it is. So Dimensions uh, looking to uh, prove that. No, no release date yet, of course. It's a, it's an, it's a new deal. But there it is. Script. It's no surprise, and, you know, so there you go. Mm. Uh, just to let people know, Tony Loco is still available. Mm. Uh, the rights to Tony Loco are still available. And speaking of that, thank you. I'm segueing for you just a little bit. That uh, today, yeah, I can I kind of do my own work. You know what? It's time, Derek. You know, it's it's you know if you if you could, you know, would you tell us a little bit about this little pet project you've been working on? I'm crossing over. Today is the first day in the October uh, issue of previews. You can order Tony Loco number one, a full color comic, 32 pages from Elusive Arts Entertainment. It is on page 299 of the October previews. Uh, order number OCT06 3538. That's Tony Loco number one. Why is it important? Because it is my pet project with uh, the brilliant Mark Teague, uh, who is uh, plotting and producing and uh, and drawing uh, and, and coloring. And oh my gosh, that guy is working. And massaging off. and uh, marinating. Uh, there has not been much massaging and marinating. Oh, okay. It's really more, I think that's really more my purview. I see. Uh, I am co writing with him, adapting his original screenplay. Uh, this into comic book form is a dream come true, crossing over, opening myself up, I think, for a lot of pot shots because, of course, you know, we review comics and now sure. it's like we're putting on the other shoe, but here we go. Putting on the other foot, not the other but shoe. But at the same time, now you can, you, you, you have a little, I shouldn't say a little more, I, basically it adds a little street cred because, yeah, now you can say, yeah, I've wrote my own comic, I've published my own comic. I've learned a lot in the and last few months, go. thanks to Elusive Arts, about just how much hard work really goes into it, and I have respect for that. I have respect for anybody uh, that is putting themselves out themselves out there and putting a comic together. Uh, I'm still going to, you know, let me say it, it it's, you know, I'm, I'm, we all just have to remember that, yeah, just because you put a lot of hard work, it doesn't mean that I'm necessarily going to love it. Uh, and the same thing, I don't expect people... Well, I do expect people to, to love Tony Loco, but if they don't, I'm not going to take it well, personally. Well, tell, tell the people out there listening and tell the retailers who might order this book why they will like it, why they should pick it up. This is one great story. It's uh, it's uh, Desperado meets the Max, uh, Batman and the Barrio, sort of an update. Uh, Batman and a, the Barrio? A, that sounds awesome. A dark, uh, dark uh, update, updating of Don Quixote a bit. Tony Loco is actually... Tony Cabrera, a mute in a, in a mental hospital, who uh, is seeing demons that may or may not actually be demons, mm-hmm. and uh, a little supernatural. There's element. a little bit of supernatural there's and the literary uh, background, mm-hmm, and he can't trust what he sees, and 
People, meanwhile, are trying to work to cure him, including uh, eventually his stuffed toy elephant, Effie, uh, who will be his Sancho Panza. And uh, it's yes, he's taking on both the supernatural and and cleaning up the streets of his, now, of his is this hometown. Miniseries, uh, regular, ongoing. No, we're going with an ongoing. Uh, we we are committed with uh, with Elusive Arts for at least twelve issues, and I mean, I put that depends on sales, which I hope are great. But uh, and I are, do believe you have. Some preview pages on your site, correct? We do have preview pages on our site, so you can go to www.fanboyplanet.com slash tonyloco.php, and you can check out a couple of preview pages, and again, it's in Diamond. I should take this opportunity to mention one of our sponsors. We have sponsors Hooray. this week! And that is Gamers, the uh, DVD, the movie Gamers, with starring, uh, well, at least cameos by William Katz, John Hurd, Beverly D'Angelo, and Kelly LeBrock. Awesome. Actually starring an actor, uh, a brilliant comedian named Kerb, Ke- uh, Urban. Kevin Kirkpatrick. Uh, it's about a group of, I've reviewed this on the site as well, but it is a, about a group of uh, role players who are about to set the record for longest continuing, uh, not campaign, but I guess you say group of players. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're about to pa- pass up the record set by a group of uh, corn farmers who had an unfortunate threshing accident. Yikes. And so they have the opportunity. See, it sounds funny, doesn't it? It's a mockumentary. Uh, and it's really funny with a lot of came around a left field and uh, directed by a young boy with a dream, Christopher Polino. A young boy with a mortgage hmm. uh, and three children. Wow. And uh, he, OC gamers. And his <laughs> wife, who really, really loves him, let him uh, put everything on their credit card. And wow. uh, so he's trying to get his back. Uh, and, and so, it too, they struck a deal with Diamond, so it's very exciting. They, uh, that, uh, they are actually Diamond number, order number 06, uh, OCT 064851. That's OCT 064851. That's Gamers, the DVD. It is, it's a funny movie. It's gamerific. It's gamerific. It's a, it's a real film. And it's not just, you know, it's, it's just a cut above the fan film. Absolutely. It's professional. I think that Chris has you a future. You got Beverly D'Angelo in it. Come on. It, that's worth the price of admission right Absolutely. there. Absolutely. We also have, a, 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 perhaps a little bit higher up on the food chain, another sponsor this week, Platinum Studios. Oh. Uh, Scott, uh, Scott Mitchell Rosenberg, uh, who founded Malibu Comics years ago and started the Ultraverse, uh, is launching Cowboys and Aliens. And you can go to cowboysandaliens.net. We used to play Cowboys and Aliens when we, I was a young boy. We were twisted. Yeah. Uh, but the, he bought, I believe it's called dirtyduck.com, which is an online comics uh, We used company. to play Dirty Duck, too. There we go. I'm sorry. Uh, but the thing is, Cowboys and Aliens is already set up with Sony. It is a tentpole picture they're trying to develop and create, and they're finally, they waited until they absolutely had this story honed down before they even did the comic book. And now they're doing the comic book actually online. They're going to offer it online. We will have preview pictures pages uh, sometime in the next couple of weeks. Uh, and uh, but then they will be releasing graphic novels at the stores in December. So they're experimenting with ways of distribution and seeing what happens. And like I said, the movie deal is already in place, but it's uh, pretty exciting. Uh, Cowboys and Aliens actually they announced a couple of years ago. We has, we've had some preview art up on the site. And uh, now it's coming to fruition. And so I say, wow. you know, Good luck, guys. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, so, now we move. We're taking care of our sponsors. Oh, hey, we got the cash register working. We're going to from our sponsors. Uh, once again, here at fanboyplanet.comics. And if you have any comments on anything we're talking about, of course, email me at editor at fanboyplanet.com or go to the Fanboy Planet 
Facebook.com uh, forums. Uh, let's turn to television because two things happened, well, one thing happened earlier this week yes. uh, that's important to Fanboy Planet uh, readers and listeners, and one thing will happen tomorrow night that's very important to Fanboy Planet readers so and listeners. two things this week. Go ahead, Derek. Tell me. I can't well, wait. You can't wait. You already I'm seen on the edge of my seat. Uh, really? Uh, careful there. Oh. Uh, you've already seen one of them, and that is the uh, debut of Heroes. Oh, yeah, sort of this uh, more like Zero. Oh, I'm so sorry. Sort of like uh, Lost done with superpowers. Uh, definitely taking a page from Lost in the creating a huge cast, uh, trying to create really good backgrounds and and subplots and so forth. It's very interconnected, and conspiracies clearly already involved. And but not there. quite done as well as Lost, right? Okay, well, or, tell me about that. Okay, I, so I somewhat enjoyed it, but Erin Frost, I think, would agree with you. She was only going to give it to her. I episodes. couldn't, well, I don't want to say I couldn't stand it. I don't want to take away anybody's hard work. But uh, I thought it was a poor attempt at uh, to, to, to catch on this whole uh, cult bandwagon of this whole... Uh, what do they call that? Just the lost vibe, you know what I mean? Because and if you notice, well, combining two cult bandwagons, the lost vibe and the fact that comic books are popular right now. Sure, and, and if any, I mean, I'm, I've read a lot of stuff on different message boards, and a lot of people had a, you know, said it had a real big X Men feel, and I was kind of like, okay, so they're trying to mix X Men and Lost, and my whole thing was, I think they blatantly ripped off Lost, and. Uh, and there's some obvious points that I'd like to go into, if I if I may. All right, um, especially when the polar bear attack. Go ahead. Uh, first of all, Heroes has. Um, I'm sorry. Let's start with Lost. Lost right. has uh, the main character is a doctor who's unsure of himself and is very kind of iffy. Uh, Heroes has a nurse character who's kind of unsure of himself and kind of iffy. Uh, Lost has a Korean guy who speaks in Korean subtitles. Heroes has a Japanese guy who speaks in Japanese if subtitles. If I may stop for a moment, yes. though, and, and say that I give credit, he uh, he has the powers to bend time and space, the time-space continuum. He believes he could travel through time like Kitty Pride in X-Men number 143. And I have to give credit, because that was the first issue of Days of Future Past, uh, you know, a, a classic moment. They actually got their comic book, the comic book citations correct which thrilled me beyond no, all of Yeah, that, you know, that, okay, that, it takes so little that can't save the so. whole thing. But no, I'm, not, right, I'm not even done yet. So then Lost has an Iraqi character with long hair who speaks very prophetic, prophetically? Prophetically. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, Heroes has an Indian character with long curly hair and speaks very prophetically. Uh, Lost has a hot chick who's on the run from something from a checkered past. Heroes as a hot blonde stripper chick who has uh, a past that she's running from. Uh, Lost has a young black kid named Walt who's, you know, kind of mysterious and kind of smart and clever. Heroes has a, her son is a half black kid who's kind of mysterious and everything else. So I sat there and I went... Oh, and smart. He's yeah, and he's, and he's really smart, yeah. So I just sat there and I said, you got to be kidding me. This is, you're ripping off laws. And, you know, to the fact that also they're all connected in one way or another, they all have a backstory. And, and one thing I'll say that plot-wise bothered me was the sense that somehow the Eclipse had, uh, or at least maybe other critics have missed this point, that the Eclipse, kept reading over and over, that the Eclipse somehow triggers the powers when 
it's so clear that they have been experiencing this for some time beforehand. Right, right. And they never quite explained what the big deal about the eclipse was, and it's been on all the commercials and everything. So I just it thought it was... a cool image. I just really thought they're going more for for the flash instead of the substance, and I really think that they they weren't really trying that hard. Well, was, if they went for the flash, I'd be there. Well, I'd watch the flash himself. But yes. um, just in the first five minutes of the show... Uh, the writing was just really expository and really bad, and just um, I didn't like any of the characters, and it just I I felt it was just uh it was hacky. I didn't like it. All right, well uh, let's uh back up and then segue. Yeah, because they were going for the Flash, which by the by by the way this year will be appearing on Smallville. They'll be back on the Justice League of America. Uh, so this is the week Smallville comes back. Season premiere this Season week. Season premiere correct? in an episode titled Zod. So uh, it is uh, Clark Kent facing down Zod, and who is possessing currently possessing the body of Lex Luthor, and of course the question everyone has to, has to wonder, uh, I don't know if that was really good English construction or not, the question in everyone's mind it's is, fine by is uh, thank you, will, uh, will Lex remember what he has learned by being possessed by Zod, and if so, is this the thing that's going to push him over the edge? Proof positive that Clark is uh, a Kryptonian, if not a you know a Superman, because he hasn't called himself Superman yet at all. Hmm. Uh, well, see, I don't watch the show, so that's an interesting take on the thing. Um, I'm more interested in Smallville season premiere because of the news we announced last week, or I think the week before, where you said yes, the Flash was coming, but also Oliver Queen, Oliver Green Queen, Arrow. the Green Arrow is making his appearance in an actual costume, which is a first. You know, right. they had uh, when they had Cyborg, they got a, they, they they did an interesting thing to get around it. Was you know he looked normal, but then at one point uh, Clark uses X-ray vision on him to to realize that he was a cyborg, and the design matched perfectly ah. what Big Stone was wow, externally cool instead. It was so it was just like they showed. The cybernetics, I thought, you know, I laughed and went, okay, good. Well done, well done, that's mm-hmm. right, okay, I'm happy with that. Nice. Uh, it, made, it made sense to me. Uh, so but I, the pictures are online, they've been released? There have been pictures online, I uh, released CryptonSite.com that has pictures of uh, the actor whose name is totally escaping me right now. But he was the guy who did, he, he, he played Aquaman in Mercy Reef? In Mercy Reef, right, the, right. Uh, the pilot that was not picked up by the CW. Instead, they'll be bringing back the actor who played Aquaman previously on Smallville to come back as Aquaman while this guy is now. Uh, Hartley, Justin Hartley is his name. Mm. While this guy is now. Dreamy Justin while Hartley. While Justin Hartley is now Green Arrow. And uh, and the previous guy, uh, Richson, Alan Richson, I think was his name. Now, what did you think of the costume? Sorry to cut you off. Uh, I, I really loved the Green Arrow costume. I really I liked that they were just being blunt about it because I, they've, they've played so many coy games. Clark always dresses in red and blue. They keep him in the Superman colors, and they've once shown the cape in a far future vision. That, you know, I mean, all fanboys go... <laughs> and, and this goes against their original what, mantra or whatever, which was what, no... No tights, no, no flights, flights, or something tights, like no that. But, uh, but they've already broken the no flight thing. Mm-hmm. They, they, they did that long ago. Um, their excuse was that it was when he was possessed by Red Kryptonite. So Cal, the evil Red Kryptonite possessed Clark, uh, is aware of his ability to fly. Clark is not necessarily. And then last season they had an episode where he pretty much flew in my mind. Uh, so He flew in your mind? He flew in my mind. Wow. He flies in my mind often. It's scary. Um, <laughs> those dewy eyes of Tom Welling. Uh, wow. Uh, uh, yeah, back anyway. to uh, Green Arrow. Okay, well, Oliver Queen. They're soulful. <laughs> they're soulful. 
Oliver Queen uh, is in a costume, and so it's not necessarily that. Uh, and when they showed the cave, I should say previously, it was they didn't show him in the cave; they just showed like flying behind him. So it was a, ah, it, was, it was a way around that rule as well. But that they're moving into the idea that yes, these guys are all going to become costume okay. heroes; that it's the only logical thing. Well, let me just put it this. Although, is it logical? I don't know. I, I, hear, I want to believe it. I hear a lot of good things about Smallville. I never watch it. And it's mainly because there are no tights. Um, and for me, it's just, it's another Dawson's Creek type teen drama. Granted, I've never read, you know, watched it or given it that big of a chance. However, by seeing the pictures of the Green Arrow and looking at, you know, him looking pretty true to his character form and looking like it might be kind of cool, I will definitely watch this season because you know, that's something I haven't seen yet, so there I will definitely go. tune in for that. So maybe they need to start thinking like that. Maybe we need to bring in the flights and tights. Well, there they are. They are, and so I'm looking forward to that. And I'm still, by the way, looking for someone to cover Smallville on a timely and regular basis. So if this, if you have always thought you wanted to be a writer and you like Smallville, I prefer someone who does actually like the show rather than someone who does not because I don't, you know, I don't want someone with an axe to grind. Uh... I think that if it comes from a fan, and if they don't like something, it's a more honest dislike. Sure, because, sure. You know, it's a disappointment. Which I, I'll admit, there have been there have been some real stinkers of uh, Smallville plot lines and Smallville episodes. But overall, I feel like you know it, it's given me good picks. I enjoy it, and so I'm looking forward to that. Um, we'll you know, check out and I'll probably check out the Heroes at least one more time and give it a shot uh, because I like some of the actors on it. And, and I won't. I won't be. Okay, uh, but well, that's, that's just fun. me. But that's, you can. I give you permission. Well, thank you. Thank you. Your title. Thank you. But that's good. It's, it's, the, it's these kinds of debates that give spice to life, you know? Um, Excellent. And yeah. I like to watch spice. Anyways, go ahead. Here. All right. So I think we're up. Once again, I'd like to remind you that uh, we are brought to you this week by Gamers, the DVD, uh, which you can buy directly from their website at www.buygamers.com, or you can go and order it through Diamond. Uh, and uh, so there you go. It's in the October previews, as well as Tony Loco number one is in the October previews. And, and keep listening for news of we're going to have a launch party here at FanboyPlanet.comics for Tony Loco Ooh, in December when the first issue is available. Uh, we're going to so, do like a red carpet thing. Um, and have, uh, you know, yeah, and then uh, like, just, just like The Rock, we'll have uh, oh, nice. we'll have my wife go. We don't have time for this. We don't have time for this. And push push past you all. Uh, you know. So uh, there we go. Uh, and maybe the wife. Will uh, and, and also, once again, that we are uh, sponsored by Platinum Studios. So we are here from FanboyPlanet.comics in Santa Clara, California. The and only place the, I buy comics. The only place I buy comics. I mean, except for when I'm in Los Angeles, in which case I do go to Earth 2, run by the inestimable Car D'Angelo, uh, who has guested on this podcast before. Yes. Fantastic. I don't go to L.A., so I you buy, I buy my comics here. Cars, cars. Uh, <laughs> uh, I am Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief editor of FanboyPlanet.com. I am Lon Lopez. I can't talk anymore. You can lead singer of the Village People. As editor at FanboyPlanet.com. The lead singer of the Village People just went to prison. That's why they hired me. Okay. Lon's the cop. And uh, Lon, what's the email address people can reach you at? If you you ever... can reach me at lon at moronlife.com. That's M-O-R-O-N-L-I-F-E. That at symbol. No, that's dot. Okay. Dot I knew we could piece okay. it together. Piece this back. And, of course, the uh, Steve Simonetti, Steve who uh, Simonetti. didn't so much comment as eat near us. Uh, is, is reachable at steve at fanboyplanet.com and Steve will take care of all your comics needs. 
Among other things. Uh, yes. <laughs> wink, wink. Uh, uh, he does not have clammy hands. Unfortunately, now I can vouch for that. So, thanks so much for listening, 